This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Blue Wire. With the second pick in the 2017 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select... Mitchell Trubisky. Trubisky stepping up, fires down the sideline. Robinson makes the catch. From the Raiders to the Bears, Khalil Mack, now officially in Chicago. Brought down, Khalil Mack. Welcome back to the Chicago Shuffle Podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lee, flying solo on this Victory Sunday, a club dub Sunday, where the Bears have just defeated the New York football giants. 19 to 14 in a game that can only be described as a game of football. I can't say either side executed anything very well, but there were a number of positives today and it wasn't all gloom and doom. And again, a win is a win is a win in this league. They're hard to get. Teams are good no matter who you're playing, no matter what their record is. And, uh, you know, the Bears have needed some good news. So just being able to put on some colored flashy lights and blow a little bit of a fog machine into the locker room, you got to be able to celebrate that. So let's celebrate for a second. The Bears are five and six, now three and three at home for the year. The Giants, two and nine, uh, a rookie quarterback, an embattled head coach, a secondary that can only be described as trash uh shout out to ricky who couldn't make it on today so i'll throw in a trash rating just for him where to start with the bears who uh really looked like they were going to find a way to lose this game again in the first half and at certain points during the game they just can't win for losing man it is bad football whack-a-mole when one thing's working another thing pops up that's bad that thing goes back down another thing pops up and so what should have been what felt like, and, and perhaps I'm just, you know, overall a little bit overexpected in how a football team should be able to execute play in, play out, but it felt like the Bears should be up 21 to 3 at the half, maybe 14 to 3, something like that. It was clear they had the, the run of play, but sure enough, they managed to F things up to the point that the Giants took the lead into the halftime tunnel at 7 to 3. At least the Bears scored points this time, uh, three points, got something. But the the game kicks off, and right away the question is about Mitch's hip. Is he healthy? And he frankly looks all right out there until he uh, has a throwaway screen pass where he gets tackled after the fact and ends up getting up gimping right away. Camera switches to Chase Daniel warming up in the sideline. And at that point, I personally had just decided that that, (laughs) that's it. Mitch isn't going to play. It's going to be another injury. It's a chase game. And that was it. So to Mitch's credit, he stays in the game and, you know, you really didn't see the effects of that afterwards. He was limping pretty bad right after that hit. I figured it was a uh, going to be a short leash and uh, the Bears would move forward with, with Chase at that point. But no, Mitch stayed in the game. He stayed in and he, you know, at certain points played actually pretty well, inc- including using his feet for the first time in a while. So 
let's get into it. First drive, Bears are on their way down the field, uh, or trying to get on their way down the, the field. They have a third down play, and, you know, it's all about third down. So they have a third and two, third and short. It's the first, uh, Matt Nagy, what are you going to do on third and short of the day? Trubisky drops back and locks on to Allen Robinson and misses a wide-open tight end for an easy first down. Three and out, punt. Uh, booze already at Soldier Field. That's just kind of how it goes. I get it. Next time down, uh, the Bears are moving the football. Things are going quite well. And, <laughs> yeah, um, after so many positive plays, after finally matriculating the ball down the field, Mitch Trubisky throws a red zone interception. Stop me if you've heard this before. It was a bad read. It was a bad throw. Never should have gone out. Never should have gone to that player. This is the guy that we know. And it's disappointing because so many throws had been made during that drive that were really, really positive and made you think, hey, I think Mitch is running his uh, longpass.exe program today. He's looking down the field all day long. Checkdowns are secondary. Uh, I think we have something cooking here. And actually, there was a lot going on. Uh, David Montgomery had his best run of the day right off the bat, a 13-yarder. I wish we'd seen more of that. We'll get to that in a second. But yeah, so Mitch throws the... (laughs) The, the the end zone interception on the second drive. And then the third drive, uh, the Bears are doing great. Uh, unfortunately, they have a 60-yard pass play, their longest explosive play of the year by far, called back due to a hands-to-the-face penalty to Cody Whitehair. And so despite these moments where you just say, hey, they've got a good plan, the play calling is good, uh, we have everything in place. The Bears still find a way to uh, kill themselves and just make it impossible to score points where a winning team finds a way to score points. They find a way to win. The Bears are kind of the opposite. They find a way to lose points, to miss opportunities, and to F up things that shouldn't be f up. So uh, on the other side of the football, the Bears defense is doing fine. Uh, really, frankly, there's a little bit of pressure. Now, you, you look at the box score – it's hard to see that. The Bears had one sack on the day, one that we'll get to in just a second. One sack really isn't that much, but Daniel Jones was pressured a good bit all day long and really didn't have uh, a lot of time to look down the field. And when he did, he completed some plays, but not to the point in consistency where the New York football giants felt like a threat on the offensive end. At the same time, uh, bottling up Saquon Barkley, who doesn't really look like the same player post-injury. I think uh, even he would admit later on after the season is over that he was playing hurt. 21 runs for 109 yards, which, again, against the Bears feels like a lot. A 5.2 average, no joke. Uh, a little bit of that is noisy just because the Bears are trying to let them salt, salt away some time. Saquon Barkley, though, 17 carries for 59 yards, 3.5 average. Daniel Jones had a couple runs that that kind of gooses their stats a little bit. And then one nice uh, end around by Sterling Shepard. So 17 for 59 for Saquon Barkley is really quite passable given what the the Bears allowed. And then 21 for 36 for 150 yards, a 4.2 average for Daniel Jones. Those are stats you can live with all day long. Certainly the best play of the game came early in the third quarter when we finally, finally, manna from heaven, Khalil Mack comes back. (laughs) He shows himself, and there's a Khalil Mack strip sack. The Bears recover at the three-yard line and are in business, and the momentum is totally swung. So nice to see Khalil Mack back and playing and uh, having an effect on the game. And again, you know, a lot of analysis has happened over the last few weeks of, is he the guy that he was? Was the trade garbage? And, you know, he's being triple teamed. Uh, The ball is getting out quickly. 
he doesn't have Akeem Hicks. He doesn't have someone else to push in the middle to help, you know, create space for him and take some of the attention off of him. Nevertheless, he finds a way in there, and Daniel Jones, who leads the league in fumbles and has fumbled more as a quarterback than I think any player since I was some absurd statistic, like 2004 or something like that. The ball comes out, the Bears recover, they have first and goal at the three-yard line. So, let's talk about this, because God knows I love to be negative. First and goal at the three. David Montgomery, off to the right, no gain. The Bears cannot run the ball. Second goal, David Montgomery, off to the right, one-yard gain. Third and goal, the Bears uh, call a really nice play. Let's give Nagy credit for this. He finally, finally calls a Mitch Trubisky run. It's wide open, and it was it to just call it a Mitch Trubisky run isn't very fair. There are trips left. There's a lot of pre-snap motion. It looks like they're trying to do something out to the edge on the left. Nope. Mitch grabs the ball, runs to the right, well blocked, and he's in for a touchdown. Now, how good are the vibes in this particular moment? Khalil Mack strip sack, Mitch Trubisky running in for a touchdown, Bears going up 19 to seven. Everything feels good, right? But because there it's 19 to seven, the Bears missed an extra point earlier in the game. Again, we'll get there. They decide to go for two. First thing that happens, <laughs> they burn a timeout on the two-point conversion. I don't really know that I've ever seen that before. Now, the Bears are the kings, always have been the kings of the ill-timed early timeout. Uh, it used to be a staple of the Bears' offense, but burning a timeout on a two-point conversion is really something. Then they run it. And they convert it. It's Taylor Gabriel on a sprint out play, really, really nice, into the front corner of the end zone. Nope. Allen Robinson called for a pick play, OPI, and Nagy goes nuts. You would think this was the Roby Coleman play in the NFC Championship game and that the entire game was was counting on it. So he goes nuts. You can actually hear him on the referee's mics as they call the OPI, screaming at them, uh, saying that they need to review it, which it's not how that works. Because he spends all that time <laughs> screaming, uh, and it's not a good call. I'm not trying to defend the, the referee's call, but look, bad calls are happening game in, game out, week in, week out in the NFL. The Bears finally switched to a PAT. It's going to be a 43-yarder at that point. Flagged for 12 men on the field. Totally bad uh, coaching by Tabor, by the Bears special teams. Horrible look by the Bears in general. Move it back five more yards. It's a 48-yard PAT. And guess what? Eddie Pinheiro misses it. And that is the microcosm of the Bears season. Like You cannot have good things happen without having bad things right there at the end of them. You can't just have things be nice so yeah one of the stranger two-point conversion sequences i've ever seen in my life and then uh yeah no, we got to talk about mitch so 41 throws for mitch today like i said uh longpass.exe running all day long for him and we've seen that a few different times the tampa bay buccaneers game of last year which now lives in infamy as the day we had hope gone now Mitch finishes 25 of 41 for 278, which is a 6.8 average, by far one of his best games of the year uh, in terms of yardage and average yards per pass. But my God, uh, there were two picks and nearly three that just let you know that this is not the quarterback now or in the future. So the first one is the red zone pick uh, on a ill-advised throw that was poorly placed. And then you have, whoop, it's in the competition for the worst Trubisky interception of all time 
And I think it's fair to say it would be one of the all-time worst. It was just a ball heaved down the field, a safety played it like a can of corn in center field. I kept looking at the replay, looking for a tipped pass or pressure. And that's the thing that, you know, <laughs> you'll see again and again, which is uh, sometimes Mitch throws a ball and you just say, there's no way that could have been just a clean throw that he saw. It must have been tipped. He must have been hit. And this is another one of those. So a terrible pick. And then he had another near pick in the end zone, uh, a red zone pick as he rolled out to his right. And you could see it happening again. It's just the decision-making it's his eyes. It's all the thing. And then, you know, it, uh, inaccuracy down the field. My dad gave me a text after the third quarter, after the bears scored a touchdown on uh, their opening drive, which was a bad opening drive, but they got a defensive holding penalty to get first down and they took a shot and it's an Allen Robinson touchdown. Now, I should be here celebrating an Allen Robinson touchdown. We will get to him in a moment. That is, if you look at the play, that's terrible coverage and great footwork by Robinson. And Mitch still can't throw him open. It's still a, you can see Robinson pause. He has to turn back towards the defender. There's a chance for it to get knocked away. And that should have been an easy walk-in touchdown. So, yes, touchdown. Not every throw in the NFL is going to be on the money. You celebrate the wins when you get them, but it's just another example of inaccuracy down the field. There was another play on the next drive where Mitch made an unbelievable pass right into the outstretched hands of Allen Robinson for a 40-yard gain, a 49-yard gain, I believe. Again, it's not all bad. Mitch had a couple of really good throws, but to have a clean game, not in Mitch's vocabulary. He just simply can't do it. The holidays are almost here, and you know what that means gifts given to me ah give them to other people right uh what better gift to give the guy in your life than a stylish shirt that fits just right untucked shirts always fall at that just right length no matter his size so he looks casual and sharp i hate buying shirts i don't like paying for them i don't like trying them on i don't like going places the to shop i don't like buying them online I don't like buying them online because they never feel or look the way they say they will. Uh, they never fit great. I always have to return them. I'm too lazy to return them. They basically just end up in the back of my closet mocking me for being that lazy. That's kind of my deal. Um, but with more than 50 plus fit combinations, Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. Um, I don't know how they fit my frame because I haven't gotten my freebies yet. I just anytime you want to send those to me, I'll let you know. I'll even model them for you. I'll tweet out a photo of my frumpy body. But you can find your favorite Untuck It style online or check out one of their 80 brick and mortar stores. Choose from styles like wrinkle free button downs, super soft flannels, outerwear, and more. With Untuck It, your shirts will never look baggy, bulgy, too long, or too big again. And their website is so easy to use. They even have a whole page devoted to helping you find your fit. So whether you're shopping for the perfect holiday gift or just trying to craft a smart, relaxed style of your own, Untuck It is the way to go. Visit UntuckIt.com and use code BLUE for 20% off at checkout. That's U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T.com and promo code BLUE for 20% off. The Bears, again, threw a lot against uh, arguably the worst secondary in all of football, one of the worst pass rushes. Allen Robinson, 6 for 131, a 21.8 average, 10 targets. 
uh, a touchdown, as as I said. And then Anthony Miller, that was a big, big, big thing for the Bears, not just for the stakes of this game, 6 for 77 with a long of 22, but just that he's featured in the passing game and they're looking his direction. I think part of that might be that uh, Taylor Gabriel got dinged up after his first catch, so only three targets for Gabriel. I find myself celebrating Miller kind of superseding Gabriel in the target pecking order, if only because you need to start to develop this young talent. You need to start to give them the ball. Taylor Gabriel is a likely roster cut next year as the Bears look to create space to make free agent additions at the tight end position, potentially the QB position, the kicker position. Uh, and so it just makes sense that uh, Miller needs to see the ball a little bit more. And so you know what you have. Uh, further on down the list... The, the tight end position bereft of talent, as discussed with free agent additions. Ben Broniker with a terrible drop that you know. I mean, you could see it the second the ball hit the ground. He felt awful. He wants to do well so bad. Mitch made a great read, great throw, and that would have been a near touchdown if not a first and goal at the one or two yard line. Finishes with two catches for nine yards. Jesper Horstead gets a, a first down, I believe, on a on one catch, one target. There's just nothing there at the tight end position, and it really hamstrings an already struggling Bears offense. A couple other things. Um, you have to give Nagy credit for not overthinking third and short this week. The third and short calls were almost to a man really, really well thought out in that they weren't overthought. They weren't gadget plays. They weren't sizzle plays that weren't going to work. Did they work? No. The Bears were, I believe, 4 of 15 on third down. That's terrible efficiency, but that is a – those are the players. That is <laughs> that is the execution of one of the worst offensive lines in football. Now, they protected the passer. Mitch only had two sacks today. He had a lot of time back there, but I've never seen – an offensive line able to get less push, allow more guys in the backfield more often to poorly execute uh, their blocking assignments. And it shows up in a number of ways. One is David Montgomery, 13 carries for 22 yards uh, with a, for a 1.7 average. And that is with a long run of 13 yards early in the game. So let's take that away. Let's do the math. That's 12, 12 carries for nine yards. That's less than a yard average after the fact. The Bears had the lead. They should have been able to, to get it. But like, how can you call third and short plays when the Bears can't gain uh, one yard, a positive yard, uh, on a running play? There's not one running play they have in the bag in 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 any way, left, right, zone, uh, halfback dive, anything that can gain yardage. And when you can't do that, that's why all these drives bog down in the red zone. If you cannot run the ball, you can't win in the NFL. And... I didn't see that coming this year. I don't think anybody did. It's going to be very difficult for the Bears to make roster changes going into next offseason, but they have to because this offensive line has completely failed the team. It's killed the offense, and that offense was already on life support. And here we are trying to figure out how to get one and two yards on third down and knowing that it has to be a throw, a throw to either to Allen Robinson or uh, Tariq Cohen, you know, coming out of the flat, something to that effect. But when it's all sizzle and no steak, it's really not a very good meal. And that's where we are. Um, let's see. What else? What else? Some really nice flashes on the defensive end. Again, you know, the, the Giants are embattled a bit here, but credit where credit's due. Only one sack, 
But haha, Clinton Dix with a couple really nice tackles and a great pass defense. He really flashed today. Eddie had a couple moments. Uh, I think Kyle Fuller, who's had you know, it's just started to be a little bit of buzz about his uh, not having a great year. Uh, he, he gave up a couple of really really bad plays to the Rams late last week that you know brought a little bit of that to light. But he had what would have been a pick six if he hadn't been interfered with by the offensive player uh, who did get flagged for that. Again, the Khalil Mack strip sack, great to see him back. Great to see he had two QB hits as well. He really started to flash a little bit, and you could see him coming back. The Bears needed that so, so, so bad. Uh, I did see uh, Robertson Harris make a nice play. Bilal Nichols made a nice stop. Um, Buster Screen, he he had a couple of nice tackles, but there, there's one thing. I'm not sure. I'd have to look at the film again to see if it was exactly his fault, but the Bears gave up a terrible second touchdown on defense. Uh, and then Nick the Quick, always want to give uh, Nick Kwiatkowski a little bit of shine. Look, Danny Trevathan's a hell of a football player and a defensive leader, and the Bears really haven't missed him. Uh, Nick has been wonderful. Uh, he's been a better defender in pass coverage. He's a little bit quicker than Trevathan at this point. And so the Bears will have to move on just financially from Trevathan in, uh, in the offseason. And Nick Kwiatkowski makes it so that that's not going to hurt. And in fact, that's an ascendant player. It's one of the few players you can point to and say, hey, next year we can actually look for this guy to maybe take his game to another level and become a, a full-time starter. And given what we'd seen from him in the past, uh, just in terms of his ability to uh, stick in coverage, he was always a good run filler, but his ability to stick in coverage and be a playmaker was really lacking. And that doesn't necessarily seem to be the case anymore. So that's a really, really positive development. Uh, on the downside, Prince of Mukamara targeted frequently in the game by the New York Giants and effectively. He definitely did the once every couple weeks injury where he lays down on the field and you're like, well, I think that's the rest of his year. I don't see him getting up. And then he's back in two plays later, which I'm happy to see. The Bears don't have any depth at the cornerback position, so that's all fine. But he got burned left, right, and center. Uh, and I think, you know, more and more he's becoming a player that opposing teams are targeting in the passing game to positive effect for them. Uh, Roquan Smith, again, you know, nice plays there. He's I wouldn't say he's flashing, but he's also not uh, being exposed. And I wasn't really in a position to do so. And again, if you look at the, the the run stats for the Giants, you have to feel like the middle linebackers and really the front seven in general is doing a good job to contain a really dynamic Saquon Barkley. The failings on offense that, you know, I think we need to talk about a little bit is just, it's really hard to look at this football team and talk about the play and not just say that it's a poorly coached football team. It's one thing to look at Nagy and say, look, you, you, you called the play. The players have to execute it. If you can't get a third and one, really, what can you do? It's another thing when it the Bears seem to always find a way to mess things up and to find a way for 10 guys to have it all blocked up and all executed right, but one guy doesn't. That's the case again today with the the drop TB, TD by Broniker, the hands to the face penalty on a 60-yard gain, uh, or Troobes is the guy that pops up and he throws a pick or a near pick. Um, I saw Charles Leno in the backfield multiple times on run plays. Uh, I, I don't think there's a 
Bears player who can get a push in the run game. I guess I would point to Cody Whitehair first and foremost, but I really haven't seen it there this year. And then James Daniels, who was touted for his athleticism and ability to do this in the draft and coming out, can't seem to get to the second level. So even if they block the initial one, uh, the initial like line play, there's always a linebacker filling, and David Montgomery just doesn't have a chance to get untracked. Mitchell Trubisky did run a little bit today. He had a couple. One was for the touchdown. Uh, he had another where he broke the pocket in what looked like it was going to be a very ugly three and out, and he managed to, after four seconds behind the line near the end zone, where <laughs> the fans started to panic, he uh, ran and ran for a first down which was awesome to see as a 12 yard gain. It had been so long since we'd seen it. He's been fighting off injury the last you know day or so. So to see him out there doing that, I understand his hip was hurting. There's no question about it, but clearly his athleticism isn't dampened by it. And I just don't understand why it hasn't been a featured part of the bears offensive game plan week in week out. If you look at uh, Lamar Jackson, if you look at you know Cam Newton previously, if you look at the Bears last year, the threat of a QB running the ball opens up so many holes for the run game. And that's the part that I don't understand why the Bears have gone away from it so much. It They can't run the ball because the offensive line isn't good, but if Mitch is a threat to run, that at least spreads things out, that at least stretches what the defense has to focus on. And only this game, you know, again, seven runs for Mitch, I think three of them called that's uh, finally a step in the right direction. And you just hope that it's the beginning of uh, a way that they're going to game plan going forward. Never has been a, a really clear explanation for why there's been so much of a change from last year to this year in terms of the offensive game plan. Uh, RPOs are no longer a part of this offense. Mitch has been made a, a pocket quarterback or a rollout quarterback, but the, the threat of a run just hasn't been there, and that's the thing he does best. That's the thing that made his QBR what it was last year. That's what made him a Pro Bowl alternate. It had nothing to do with him passing the football. It was the threat of a run and the complimentary throwing that went with it. So, you know, we'll see. We'll see. But, uh, again, if you just erased three plays, you'd think Mitch played a good game. Unfortunately, the three plays were – Terrible, terrible interceptions or near interceptions. And as a result, finishes with a 69 quarterback rating, which is nice, but not nice. Looking ahead, the Bears go to Detroit on Thanksgiving, a short week game. We can all be fat and happy and full and half drunk and watch this game in a way that doesn't affect our well-being the way this one did. Today, uh, just the angst that chases me around during these games where it feels like they should be able to do so much better. The Lions lost again today, unbelievably, to the Washington Redskins, who get have regular chance at their stadium to sell the team. The Detroit Lions are now 3-7-1. and one. Uh, Jeff Driscoll still playing for them. Three interceptions today. They have a... <laughs> you could call him a backup running back in, but he's really a street free agent in, in Bo Scarborough's uh, 18 carries for 98 today. And Driscoll runs for 63. So they really are broken in a number of ways. Their defense showed up a little bit, but this is a team that's limping to the end of the season and competing with the bears to be the worst in the division. For me, I just like to see the bears continue to stack positive plays and develop young players. And again, we can't hope for a, a draft pick the way we used to. So 
let's win. Let's win as many games as we can going home so that we don't have to watch a really painful NFL draft with the uh, Oakland Raiders, Las Vegas Raiders making a pick in the top 10. So the Bears are now five and six. We're headed towards a seven and nine, eight and eight season. There's a chance it ends up a little bit worse than that because of the Cowboys, Packers, Chiefs, Vikings uh, end of slate. The playoffs are out of the picture. A winning season is out of the picture. What is in the picture is to figure out how to take steps towards a positive 2020 and who those players are going to be. I think we can all admit to ourselves that Mitch will likely be in Chicago next year, barring some unforeseen circumstances, but it would be a shocker for them not to bring in true competition at the position, something we've talked about multiple times about multiple players. It also makes sense for the Bears to burn uh, an early draft pick on a quarterback should one be available so that you have Mitch, so that you have a viable veteran uh, competition, and that you have somebody you're always developing. And if Mitch beats all those guys off and and turns the corner, that's great. I just think you can never have enough quarterbacks. You can never have enough competition in that room. You should never put yourself in a position where you're bequeathing a job to a chosen one because frequently the, the pressure of that actually makes things worse. You should have a situation like they have right now in Jacksonville, which is they jettison Blake Bortles. They finally admit to themselves that's over. They spend a lot of money on a competent um, – bridge quarterback in Nick Foles, the guy that Ryan Pace wanted Mike Glennon to be. And then sure enough, they find uh, gold in the sixth round in Gardner Minshew. Is Minshew a starter going forward? I don't know. You don't know. Nobody knows. But the fact that there's like real competition in their QB room means that there's not a guy that has to play the most important position in sports that it has the job that shouldn't have it. And that's really what the Bears need, have needed. If I'm Ryan Pace, I never stop drafting guys. And and look, you could say that's silly, but the, I mean, God forbid we talk about the Redskins in a positive light, but they spend all this draft capital and they move up and they get Robert Griffin III. It doesn't matter what happened to Robert Griffin III. What matters is in the same draft, they take Kirk Cousins and create competition in that room. You can develop a backup. You can trade them if they become something. There's so, like, the, how much evidence do you need? If the New England Patriots are doing this, they have Tom Brady, one of the all-time greats. They have had multiple quality quarterbacks come through that room that they have flipped for assets, be it Castle, be it Brissett be it Garoppolo and you know the way they've used those assets and the way they've you know maximized them is is up for argument but the fact remains that even if you have what many would say is the best quarterback of all time the best winner of all time you continue to spend draft capital to develop these guys and to make the room better to have them learn from a leader if there's one in the room and to flip those guys going forward if you can that's just good investment as a football franchise so that's the hope for the Bears that they don't make the mistake of putting all their eggs in a very shoddy basket that likes to throw those eggs to other teams. And that next year we can go in knowing that if it's not going to be Mitch, even though I'm totally fine with it being him, that there are other options that actually make sense for the Chicago Bears. Till then, I wish you guys a happy Thanksgiving. I appreciate you listening. Please go on, rate and review. We'll be back again on either Thanksgiving, perhaps the day after. We're going to see how family feels about recording podcasts but it'll be up we'll be reviewing and yeah uh the battle for the seller the basement game uh 
I, I would hope that uh, Matt Stafford comes back and we actually have a good football game to watch. But Mitch made it through. He'll be healthy. We still get to continue to see, uh, continue to see our young players. And, yeah, uh, another season of Bears football is reaching its, its twilight. So let's enjoy what we can while it lasts. We'll see you guys for the next one. Thanks again for listening. I am out. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in a new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series now streaming on Showtime.